1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting from verse 1. Now, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one, just as he determines. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. <clears throat> Our second reading is from Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 11. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then, he will no, then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, Speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Thanks, Julie and Jody. I'm James Brooks, one of the ministry team here, and we're going to be looking at uh, those passages there in Ephesians 12, sorry, Ephesians 4 and 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, we'll start with the Ephesians 4 one. So if you're open there, keep your Bible open there. Uh, and then we'll flip back to 1 Corinthians 12 together in a little bit. Uh, there's also an outline uh, of where we're headed today uh, so that you can uh, follow along and make some notes if that's helpful for you too. Now, do you remember uh, that time when you received that gift? Uh, you know, you know the one that I'm talking about, the one that you didn't want. Maybe it was a 
for you at a time when you were growing up uh, and you, you held that present with some hesitancy, feeling like, hmm, I'm getting an inkling, uh, something doesn't seem right. You pull the wrapping paper off and there it is. You hold it and think, well, this just isn't what I wanted, not what I was hoping for, not what I was expecting, maybe. Uh, maybe you think, uh, I don't really know what this is uh, or how to use it. In fact, I don't know if I really want to give the time to learn. Um, or maybe you think, uh, where am I going to put this? If it's Christmas time, uh, sometimes there's the added bonus of seeing the gift that you wanted in the hands of another. Um, why couldn't I get that one? You felt like you dropped plenty of hints along the way, uh, but they'd been missed, clearly. And so this gift that you get, that uh, could have brought joy and thankfulness, brings a kind of fake smile and makes you feel like a balloon that has just been let down. Sometimes I think that we can think and feel a little like that about the gift of serving. Oh, something else to do. The gift that, in fact, we've been given by God our time, our talents, our treasures to love and serve Him and others, but sometimes we don't feel like that's a gift at all. We can feel like that's a burdensome gift, a burdensome thing that we're given, a chore, something that leads us into weariness, something that makes us sink. Now, where you might have a, a strong sense of duty or uh, at the time, often you can, we can cope with that and we can see what needs to be done and get on with doing it. Indeed, sometimes that's what we simply need to do. But if that's as far as it goes, a sense of duty, as we think about our serving, then I think not only will we end up sinking, but we're really missing out on something great here something that's one of the greatest joys and blessings of being in Christ. Now, back at uh, the start of our series, Serving Without Sinking, we worked through a number of wrong motivations, wrong thinking uh, about ourselves and about our God that can affect and cause our serving to, or cause ourselves to sink in our serving, if you like. Uh, that, that's not a kind of a once-off thing. We need to keep exploring that and uh, working through those things. But on the positive side, we want to also be keeping on filling up our right understanding, our right thinking about God, ourselves and our serving um, to see that it really is a good gift and that's where we're headed today. So the first thing uh, then, God has given the gift of his people, he gives the gift of his people to his people, the church. We see it there in uh, chapter 4, verse 11. Let me read there from chapter 4, verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, sorry, Christ the King gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some pastors and teachers 
to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Did you know that you are, if you're one of God's people, you are God's gift to the church, to his people? Now, hang on a minute, James. You said just then that we're all gifts to his people. But verse 11 clearly says some, I can see it, can you? Some, it says, to be apostles, some prophets, some pastors and teachers. That's certainly not everyone. But did you notice what those people that are named there are for? Why Jesus has given them? Look again in verse 11 and 12. Christ, the King, gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers for what? Verse 12, to prepare all of God's people, including the rest of God's people, for works of service. It's not that we've kind of got those guys and girls, the the professional ministers, the men and women who stand up front and say things, the ones who lead maybe the group that you're in, if it's the growth group, the ones who teach the kids in Little Sprouts or in Kids Shed. It's not that we've got them to do all of the work of God's growing his church for us. Rather, how does Jesus build his church? What are we pointed to here? Well, it's as all of God's people serve together. If you are one of God's people, then you are God's gift to all of the others. And in fact, not just to those who are here, but those who are not here yet as well. Just in case we missed it, the first time, Paul says it again, down in verse 16. Look with me. Verse 16, Paul says, from Jesus, him, from Jesus, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. It's the whole body growing and building itself up in love. And again, at the end there, as each part does its work, the whole body, each part working together, given by God for that purpose. And it's not just here in Ephesians. Uh, It comes up that same idea over in 1 Corinthians as well, at the end of that reading that we had. Come with me over to, we'll flip over to 1 Corinthians now, just a few pages back, Ephesians, Galatians, 2 Corinthians and 1 Corinthians maybe 20 pages or so. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'll just read verse 12. Notice the way that all of the parts of the body belong together. The body is a unit, united. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body, and all of them are involved in what's going on. God's building his church. If you are one of God's people then, then you are part of something bigger than just you. Our world today, we, in our world today, we think very individualistic, that, that I am me and who I am and, and what makes up me all comes from within me. 
But actually, if you're someone who belongs to Jesus, then you're a member of his body. You belong to the whole body. And you've been put here, here in these very seats now, purposefully by a God who loves you. You are a gift to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Those sitting next to you on the road, those sitting in front, those sitting behind, and they to you. Some of us, as we think about our place in the body, can, can feel like we have nothing to offer, no abilities worth using. Oh, look at, look at that person. They do that so well. I could never do that. Or someone else. They, they just seem to do it so naturally. I, could, I just couldn't see myself doing that. What could I do? I don't think there's anything that I could do. Is that you? Do you feel like everyone has to drag you along because you've got nothing to contribute? My dear brother or sister in Christ, can I say that you are precious. You're a precious, treasured part of Christ's body. Christ has given every part of the body, and that includes you, so that the body of Christ may be built. Remember that. Remind yourself that when you hear the devil's lie that you have nothing to offer, that you have nothing to contribute, that you are, you know, no one would miss you if you weren't here anyway. That is a lie. Every part of Christ's body is not just part of the body, but also part of the building up of the body. And as we read further on in 1 Corinthians here, which we didn't read this morning, but we get some powerful examples there. The foot, verse 15, the foot cannot say, because I am not a hand, that I do not belong to the body. Or the ear cannot say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. Do you see how this excludes any devaluing of any member of the body? Especially self-devaluing, which goes on inside us, which often comes as we kind of look at ourselves and look at others and say, well, gee, they, they do that so great. Did you notice that? Did you notice the foot's reasoning? Uh, I've never really thought of a foot as, you know, being high on the reasoning level, but the foot is reasoning here in verse 15, isn't it? The foot reasoning. He thinks he doesn't belong because he's not a hand. He or she's, she's looked up and seen another member serving well and instead of praising God and thanking God for them and thanking God for the way that the body is being built up there, he turns things back on himself, measures and compares and then devalues himself, decides he's not valuable. But God has brought all of the members of the body together They're different on purpose. And just as no one should compare and think, well, I'm no good here. So no one should compare and look to others and say, well, they're no good here either. That's where Paul goes in the next paragraph. 
Instead, you see, God is calling you and I to see that we are all given to each other as wonderful gifts, exactly as he planned. And we shouldn't believe anyone else saying otherwise, even in our own minds, in that self-talk. God has given us all to one another. And that's his gift for building the church. Now, while the passage here speaks into our identities, into who we are and our place in the body, it also challenges our priorities here, I think. For here, you see, God says to all of us, to you and to me, I haven't put you here just to receive, to consume, but to be part of the love and building of my family, of my people, your brothers and sisters. To be invested in each other's lives, young and old and in between, to be part of that, to take the time to deepen relationships in the growth group that you're part of, to be interested enough, interested enough to know others and to be willing to make yourself known. That's what we're all part of. Taking that time does take time. It takes priority. Taking the time even to consider the opportunities that we have, that God's putting before you to love and serve others, to love and serve children, to love and serve the elderly, to love and care and support others as they serve by leading them well. And to talk and pray with one another about it. That's really what that form that Sean mentioned earlier is about. It's starting that conversation, talking and praying together about it. What's the next step for you as you seek to live out this good truth? Take some time to think and pray. God has given his people, you and I, as gifts for his church, but he hasn't just given the gift of his people, he's given gifts to his people to use in their serving. Uh, So that's what Paul says uh, in 1 Corinthians verse 4. Let's have a look, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but did you notice? One and the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works them in all men. Chapter 12 verse 7, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given, through the Spirit, the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge, by means of the same Spirit. Come down to verse 11. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. How Here we see how God hasn't just given the gift of people, but He's given gifts to His people to do that service. How disheartening would it be if your parents, back when you lived at home, asked you to go out and dig a hole in the backyard, but you were given no spade, no shovel, no pick, no digger, no pole or anything. How discouraging and disheartening. But that's totally the opposite of what God has done for us. You're not just a gift 
to his people, but you are a gifted gift, an enabled gift, a gift, someone who's been given gifts to, to be used to love and serve others. Now, sometimes here in 1 Corinthians, there's a, there's a lot of information, a lot of detail, a lot of questions that might come up, and I think we can get a little off focus as we read this passage. We can see these nine gifts here listed in verse 7 onwards and be left wondering, well, which one have I got? Or there's nine here, but I don't feel like I've got any. Did I miss out? Well, this list is by no means exhaustive. Okay? In fact, Paul's point here, rather than making a list for us to itemise and get fixed on, has a different purpose. Notice just how many times in this passage we read the, the word same, this same idea. Verse 4, different gifts, same spirit. Verse 5, the same Lord. Verse 6, the same God. Verse 8, gifts through the same Spirit. Verse 9, verse 9, that same Spirit, that one Spirit. Verse 11, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit. The point here is it's all about our unity together and God's working in us by that one Spirit in all of us. All of us are given everything we have with a purpose, verse 7, for the common good. Is it back online? Do you want me to... Yeah, thank you. That's great. It's, it's helpful for us to understand this kind of gifting process, the way that the Spirit gives us. It's not a, a kind of once-off thing. As if you've been dealt your hand at the beginning of your life and those are the cards that you get till the end. No changing, no swapping, putting some in and drawing new ones out. No, actually, it's not like that. God continues to equip his people with gifts to serve. He's doing that all the time as we step forward in love and service. That's the work of his spirit in us. Furthermore, although the work, the focus here in this passage that Paul's talking about is on abilities and what we're enabled to do, there's a broader truth here that fits into the sovereign purposes of God. That in fact, not just the things that we're good at have we been given by God for the good of others, but indeed everything we have, our life circumstances, as Sean mentioned before, whether we're single or married, our family situation, how old our children are at the moment, what our work situation is like. All of these things God has given to you and I for the good of his people, for the building of his church. Your work situation, whether you're working or studying, given to you by God. Your family situation given to you by God, your retirement, given to you by God for the common good, even the opportunities that God puts in front of you to serve him, they are given to you by God. You see, the Corinthians, we hear about them being quite disorderly and filled with almost rivalry as they kind of sought to use their gifts and be recognised. I don't think that's quite us. I do see many people serving and it's wonderful and encouraging, but maybe we're still holding ourselves back with timidity or with reluctance or with 
other things. Maybe it's because we've forgotten or not really known the joy of serving. Which leads us to the last point, the joy of serving. Because, you know, I think we can know, okay, God's given me for the good of others and God's given me gifts for the good of others as well, but we can still struggle with the motivation. Continue to struggle with serving being a burden or a chore. Now there is uh, some wrong thinking that we might need to work through there. Remembering first and foremost that we're served by Jesus, that we've been made a friend of the boss, a, a bride of the king, son of the father, and that God actually wants our heart before he wants our hands. But there is a joy that God lifts our eyes to in this using our gifts, our very selves, to serve his purposes. And we're drawn into that as we dwell on a few things. And I've listed them there on the outline. The Firstly, the greatness of the goal. All the gifts that God has given, what are they directed towards? Well, it's toward the building of God's people. It's, it's towards seeing real lives of people come from darkness to light, from the dominion of darkness to the kingdom of the sun, seeing people's lives transformed through the gospel, through you. And in our, as, in fact, as God continues to transform lives here among us, using us in each other's lives and making us like Jesus in the process. What a great and worthy goal to point ourselves for, point ourselves towards. Our labour in the, in the Lord, Paul says, is not in vain because this will ring out to the glory of God for all eternity. The way that God is using you in others' lives will last for eternity and will bring him glory. <clears throat> but secondly, there's also the joy of being included in God's plans. You know, there's still... Uh, amazes me and I pray that God always keeps amazing me with this, that God didn't need you or I to do what he was doing. A, a few weeks ago, uh, you, you might remember, we looked at Martha and we saw Martha and Mary and Jesus there in the house and Martha was doing all the things that she thought Jesus needed her to do. And where there's Mary sitting on the ground and Jesus says to Martha, Martha, you're worried about many things, but actually you only need one. And in one sense, you're not getting it because you're not coming and sitting with me. God could have brought all of his plans to save the world about without us. Why in all of earth and heaven would he think that it was possibly a good idea to get you and I, us distractible, error-prone, self-centred, prideful, limited little creatures involved in such a grand plan, an important plan as his plan for all the ages? Well, it's for his and our joy for the joy of relationship and partnership, all the more so because we are weak and frail and broken, how it highlights how great he is. At the moment in our house at home, we have dinner helpers. 
And at one level, having a, a child in the kitchen while you're trying to get dinner isn't so much of the greatest help. But what a joy it is to see their involvement and a joy that it brings them and, in fact, a joy that it brings us. A little Elijah, our three-year-old, has had the opportunity just recently to come and be involved in getting dinner. And, and the, little, the joy on his face as he remembers pouring the pasta into the pot and being contributing that way and kind of his keenness to do it again and the joy that it gives us as parents, that's what's going on. The joy of a father working with his children. Imagine if a neighbour came to church at Christmas. Uh, you'd been praying for them. As you'd been praying, you finally got up the courage to invite them and they came at Christmas and now they're interested to explore more about Jesus, to find out, you know, they've had some, you know, had some involvement with him in the past, but to find out more. How awesome not to just see that happen around you, but to be involved in that, in the process. Imagine if you help your daughter to invite a friend to youth group and you pick the, the friend up each week and she grows to trust Christ and to then serve joyfully throughout her adult life. What a joy to be part of that, that God would use you there. Or what if you help pack a just-moved-in pack that was used to welcome a new person to the neighbourhood and who in turn turns up and, and comes to church and wants to reconnect with Jesus. How amazing to be part of that. And what if you share your wealth to send friends to the Middle East where they can support and grow Christians who've come there from all over the world and then those Christians go back to all over the world and tell people about Jesus and it starts to become impossible to imagine just how far-reaching God is working through you through us. What impact he's bringing about. What a joy to be part of that. Sometimes now we will hear and see the joy of serving as we hear about things coming about through how we've served. But even if not, on the last day when Jesus comes and all things will be revealed, what a joy it will be to hear of the stories of the way that God has used you in the lives of others, that they might be standing there on that last day, giving glory and praise to you. This is the joy of being involved, included in God's plans. And it comes from the heart of God that we're given by the Spirit to know this, that it is more blessed to give than to receive the blessing that God brings us into is to be involved in giving rather than just receiving. I pray that today you've been drawn to see the gift that you are and the gifts that you've been given, that the gift of serving doesn't have to be a burden that leads to weariness, but can be something that give us, gives, brings us into the greatest joy with our Heavenly Father working through us. Amen.